welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. I fail to acknowledge Sister Hanley with us this morning. Amen. And I, I know, yes, Sister Hanley was out not too well for a little while, but I know how much she missed being in the Lord's house. I know. Amen. Amen. I know. And so glad to have Sister Hanley with us here in the house this morning. Amen. It's, it's good to join online. But there is just something about being present. Amen. <laughs> amen. Yes, it's the handling. Amen. Amen. God bless. Amen. 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 Bless the Lord. And good to see Brother Lawrence out with us this morning as well. Amen. Yes, it's Amen. Amen. It's just, just great. Just great to uh, see you here this morning. Great seeing all of you, you know. Amen. You know, you know, we, we take it for granted sometimes, but we have limited time with each other. We do. And uh, we need to embrace every opportunity that we have to be in fellowship with one another, to encourage one another, to speak kind words to one another. Just as if I'm talking some foreign language. To be there for one another. Because we don't want after they move on from this life, if they go before us, for us to have any regrets. That, you know, I should have told this person that I love them. I should have told them that I appreciate them. I should have commended this person, but I didn't. And once we miss that opportunity, that's it. That's it. It's gone. I mean, I mean, life is so brief. Even for persons who live to 100, it's still brief. Oh, Lord. And so we have to be conscious on a daily basis. And just put our personal likes and dislikes aside and just appreciate one another. Let's love one another for who they are. Amen? And, and let them know. That is important. Let them know. Amen. Amen. So when we are separated from one another by whatever means, then each of us would know how much we genuinely love and care for each other. Amen. I want to speak to you today on the subject lessons learned from a disobedient prophet and you know exactly who I'm talking about just by that theme lessons learned from a disobedient prophet 
You know, from time to time we find ourselves in situations and when we examine them ever so often we discover that we are in those situations because of our disobedience. Uh, the, we just want to do things our way. Yes, we know what the right way is, but we just want to do it our way. Regardless, we just want to do it our way. And it is in doing it our way that ever so often cause us to be in the situations that we find ourselves in that are not the most comfortable. In Jonah chapter 1, reading from verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amathea, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Jonah has been the laughing stock of the Old Testament. Jonah was neither a mythical character or was it some parable, but this was a real man a prophet of God who happened to be the first prophet of Israel to be sent to preach God's word to a heathen nation. Jonah was the first. A real, real individual who disobeyed God. Jonah was so determined that he would not do as God told him to do regardless of the consequences. God sent Jonah to preach the word to the Ninevites, to warn them. And Jonah responded just like many of us today respond when God tells us to do something. You see, Jonah was not only disobedient, but he was stubborn and he was hard-headed. And because of his disobedience, his 
stubbornness and his hard-headedness, Jonah found himself in a situation that was very challenging and very uncomfortable for him. You know, I don't know if we all think the same way on this matter, but when I find myself in a situation, I try to trace back and to first of all see, well, where did I go off track? What, what advice did I ignore along the way? Because you see, God sends people in our way from time to time to warn us. But sometimes we just take it for granted because we are already set in doing what we plan to do. And sometimes we just do not heed the warning. And sometimes the warning comes not only from one individual, but it comes from several persons. God warning us. But we fail to heed the warning. And as a result, we find ourselves in the situations we find ourselves in sometimes. And so I always try to go back and to look to see what I've missed, if I miss anything. Whether there was some advice that I should have adhered to, some counsel, something that I missed. There was a word somewhere that God sent and I missed it. Before I start coming to any conclusion, I try to track back first. To see what was there. The Bible says. The word of the Lord. Came unto Jonah. Now. It did not tell us. What form. The word came in. Whether it was a revelation. Whether it was from somebody else. Whether it was through a vision. Or dream. As the case may be. It simply tells us that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. It could have been that he was reading the law of the prophets somehow and God spoke to him. We do not know. But what we do know is that the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out. Cry out against the city, for the wickedness has come up before me. I, I believe Jonah was somewhat surprised as to what he heard. God calling Nineveh a great city. It was the headquarters of evil. It was a wicked, wicked place in those days. And hear God say to Jonah, I want you to go to that great city. Now, of course, in, in Jonah's mind, Jerusalem was the great city, and rightly so. But God saw the capital of the Assyrian Empire as a great city. And God said to Jonah, I want you to go to that city and cry out, go and Preach unto the Ninevites. Nevertheless, 
to say, needless to say, rather, Jonah had nothing to do with that. He just made that decision, made up his mind that he will not go. Now, we are faced with two questions. Why did he not want to go? Was it that he was afraid of the people? Or was it that he believed that they might repent? I believe it was the latter. That Jonah, the message that God gave him, was of such that he believed that if he went, as God said, and preached to them, that they would have repented. And Jonah didn't want that. No, he did not. He did not want Nineveh to repent. Jonah wanted them to be punished. I hear some Christians sing the song when, when the Lord overturned the wicked and when he destroyed the wicked, how we are going to rejoice. And that's not the Christian spirit. No. That's not what the Bible teaches us as Christians. God said that he takes no pleasure in the death of a wicked person. God does not rejoice in that. He said what he takes pleasure in is that that wicked person repents and come to him. Oh, Lord. So, so those of us who are seeing God as uh, rejoicing and wanting us to rejoice when people perish, we need to repent. Change your minds. Because that's not God's perspective. That is not how he sees it. God wants the wicked to repent. Am I talking to us? No matter how bad they are. No matter what they do to you. And sometimes we just bring judgment on them because they offend us. God wants them to repent. Yes. He, he does not delight in the wicked continuing in his wickedness. No, God takes no pleasure in that. Now we know that that happens. Am I, am I talking to us? And we know that people are going to be punished and that people are being punished. But based on the scripture, God does not take any pleasure in that. And neither should we. Oh, Lord. Neither should we. It should be our desire to see the wicked turn from their wickedness and turn to God. No matter how bad they are, no matter how much they hurt us, we should desire their deliverance. We should desire their salvation. But Jonah is like many of us in some instances because even as it relates to preaching there are those of us who believe that it is absolutely useless to preach to some folks and there is no use trying to to save them and they are just bound for hell and nothing turn them around and we just give up on them am i still talking to us
especially those of us who are somewhat offended by them. And we consider them our enemies. Mm. But this kind of thinking, brothers and sisters, fail us in that we do not understand that God's love is wider than the measure of man's mind. That we cannot fully fathom the depths of God's love. God's heart is beyond the scope of man's prejudice. That God just loves people. Love people everywhere. Amen. Regardless to who they are, what their background, maybe God loves people. Yes. And it is because of his love why he sent his son. That whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. Jonah's real problem, now bring it home to us in a while, that he felt that Nineveh might repent and turn from their wickedness and escape the judgment of God. Now, Jonah had a perfect hatred for the Ninevites. And Jonah's hatred was really based on what the Ninevites did while he was a prophet in Jerusalem. That the empire of the Assyrian had invaded Jerusalem and not only did they decimate the city but they went into the house of God and they took out the secret things that were in the house of God and they made a mockery of them and Jonah hated them more for that Jonah had nothing to do with them but the God who they offended follow me here the God whom they offended decided to forgive them but Jonah said oh no oh no there are times when people do things to the church and we hate them for what they do to the church. We have this uh, uh, resentment toward them. How could they do that? And we in a sense want to have nothing to do with them even though God forgives them. This was the case with Jonah. Because of his beef that he had with them, so to speak, Jonah did not want them to experience God's mercy. And he decided that he was going to go away from God. He decided that he was going to disobey what God told him to do in order not to 
bring repentance to them. Can you imagine? Jonah was actually sacrificing himself not to do what God wanted him to do in order that these people might be saved. Bear in mind again, this man was the first prophet from among the Jews to be sent to a heathen nation to preach. Jonah was the first. And in the Jewish religious circle, God blessed Israel in two ways. God blessed Israel by giving her good gifts and God blessed Israel by bringing calamity on Israel's enemy. Assyria, by extension Nineveh, being God's enemy, Jonah believed that it was a blessing for God to bring judgment on them. That it was a blessing for his people, his nation, that God bring judgment on these wicked people. Mm. This is a pretty selfish belief system. And we embrace it to some degree in a slightly different format. That we believe ever so often that another person's calamity adds to our losses some way, somehow. That when another person goes through crisis, it is a blessing for us. Am I, still, am I talking to us? That there are people who think that way in the Christian arena. Uh, when another person suffers, tend to think that that makes us somewhat better. Oh Lord. The Jews then believed that when God brought judgment on the heathen that it was God's way of blessing Israel. So Jonah was quite comfortable with things the way they were. With the Assyrians and Nineveh, the capital, being the way they were under the judgment of God. He's saying that they're about to get what they deserve. They're about to get their due reward. Because you reap what you sow. You know, the message of the gospel is for us to rescue people. Rescue them from what they deserve. For us to bring the gospel to them that they would change course. That the judgment that is hanging over them, they would be able to escape it. Am I talking to us? That's our mission. That's our purpose. That should be our goal. Amen. Not to just write them off, say, well, these are ungodly people and uh, God is going to judge them and we know God is going to judge the ungodly. But for us to 
be out there and to rescue as much as we can from the judgment of God. To say to people, you must repent. You must change your mind about God. You must change your mind about your sin. You must be sorry for your sin. And you must turn to God. That is the message that we have. I surmise that many people in Nineveh at the time felt that things were okay. Yes, they felt it was all right. They were just doing what they were accustomed to from day to day, and it was okay. But God in heaven was about to send judgment because he couldn't tolerate it anymore. Just say, enough is enough. What if such a declaration were to be declared over our society? What would we do? Would we just be like Jonah and say, well, they're getting what they deserve or they're going to get what they deserve? Or would we be active in rescuing men and women? May I submit to us that this has already been declared the whole world is under the wrath of God and that judgment is coming, coming upon the nations and that God called us out from among the people, saved us, sanctified us, set us apart for us to help rescue people from the fire. Oh Lord, for us to help rescue people from hell, for us to bring the word, to share the word of God with them so that they would see their way, they would see themselves and they would escape. They would escape the judgment that is to come. Mm. Jonah did not want to go because Jonah felt that what was coming upon them was their just reward. You know, it is my belief that Jonah, the intensity of the message that God gave him to deliver to the Ninevites, Jonah knew that there is no way that they could have heard such a message and not repent. There is no way. There was no way that people would have heard this kind of judgment that God was about to do to their nation and not repent. And he was right. He was right. Because we know the story that when he finally went, when he finally arrived in the city, and when he preached the message, that from the kingdom, everybody repented. And Jonah got mad at God and said, I know that what you are going to do. That's the reason why I didn't want to go. I mean, even in the end, this man was still angry with these people. That people that offended God and that God forgave. Let me... Try and bring this thought home to us here this morning. We are not our own. 
we belong to Jesus. That doesn't sound like it, right? We are not our own. We belong to Jesus. I didn't hear a strong amen, so it doesn't sound like it to many of us. We are not our own. We belong to Jesus. So the moral of this story is, when people offend us, you're following me, they are offending Jesus. Oh, Lord. When people hurt us, they are hurting Jesus. Yes, what kind of strange doctrine is that, Pastor? When God met Paul on the Damascus Road, Jesus called him out and said, Saul, Saul, why are you what? Persecuting me. In Paul's mind, he was just going at some Christians who believe in this strange doctrine. And he was getting them out to save Judaism. But Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? So when, when people persecute us, they're actually, actually persecuting Jesus. For we are not our own. We are bought with a price. We belong to Jesus. So if Jesus forgive them, you know where I'm going. We have no choice but to forgive them also. If God forgive the Ninevites who offended him, Jonah, his responsibility was to forgive also. If God forgives and saves somebody who caused real hardship for us in our Christian walk, that God has sent mercy to them, we also ought to forgive them. Mm. Because they hurt us, yes, but it's actually Christ who they're hurting. We are the body of Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. We are the body of Christ. You know, I, I, I believe that God sensed that Jonah had a problem. And that's why Jonah was this messenger. He was not the only prophet, but God chose him because unforgiveness was killing him. And God wanted him to forgive. Yes, God wanted him to forgive. And so God called Jonah and send him on this mission. Who is it in your life that you just feel like, man, I just can't let go of this one? This one hurt me so bad. This one did such great harm to me that I just cannot let go. Don't allow your situation 
to reach the point where Jonah reached. God says, forgive. Because the forgiveness that you receive as a Christian is hinged on the forgiveness that you give. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. That's Bible. So the forgiveness that we receive as Christians is hinged on the forgiveness that we give. And even in the Lord's Prayer, which we know is the disciples' prayer, there is a phrase that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And we think about that, we say, Lord, forgive me of my debts, my offenses, to the same degree which I forgive those who offended me. Brethren, we are in trouble, you know. We're in serious trouble. Because if we are not forgiving and we are praying this prayer, then we are in deep trouble. But we are saying to God to the same degree that I forgive. That's how I would like you to forgive me. And there might just be somebody, maybe on the job, that just, just trouble your spirit. Cause you to be angry sometimes when you see them. And just make you uncomfortable. Make you shiver when, you, when you're around them. And every so often you just feel like telling them off. But because your job might be at stake, you try to restrain yourself. God wants you to forgive because your lack of forgiveness is not hurting the other person, it's actually hurting you. And you cannot have that freedom, you cannot not have that unbroken access that God wants you to have with him. If there is somebody that you need to forgive, and you have not yet forgiven. Give me a quiet amen on that. You need to forgive. Yes, Jonah had this problem. God sent him on a mission to deal with this problem in this prophet's life. Yes, you have to let go, brothers. You have to let go, sisters. We have to let go. It's hard, but we have to let go. Causes a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of tears, but we have to let go. We have to let God handle the situation. We have to forgive. We have to forgive. The third verse tells us that Jonah, in his pursuit, in his desire to move away from God. The Bible says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. If you look at that verse, 
the only time when it mentions anything about up with Jonah is when he got up. But from that point on, it's down. It's going down. And when, when we deliberately move away from God, our lives can never go up. It's always going down. Down, down, down. Never what it was before. It keeps going down. It keeps going down. The joy, the peace that you had before is no more there. You are angry. You are annoyed. The least little thing annoy you. You get troubled. And you, you, you don't have this smile you once used to have. Am I talking to somebody? Because there is trouble going on on the inside. You have, not, you have not dealt with things that need to be dealt with. Jonah rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. And then he started going down and down and down. The first point I want to make to us today is that disobedience will always lead in the wrong direction. Whenever we are disobedient to God's will, to God's way, we always go in the wrong direction. The Bible says Jonah rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. Now this, this, this means something because Jonah being a prophet would have understood that God is omnipresent. That there is no way that he can go where God is not. For the psalmist said, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I free from thy presence? If I ascended up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. You know, there are people who don't believe in hell, but hell is real. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. The reference here with Jonah deciding to flee from the presence of the Lord simply means that Jonah was willing to do whatever it takes. That he was willing to abandon God. Yes, he was willing to abandon God. Whenever you decide as a child of God that you're going to go your way and not God's way, you are automatically renouncing God's will in your life. You are saying that, God, I am not interested in you being Lord of my life. I want to be Lord of my own life. I say this to us, that we cannot go our own way and at the same time please God. 
God is not in it. Absolutely not. Jesus testified and he says, the father has never left me. He has not left me. And then he tells us why. Because I always do those things that please him. God is going to be always with you when you do the things that please him. That is the word. Yes, that is the word. But when we decide that we are going to just do what we want regardless to what God says, we are not only renouncing his friendship, but we are renouncing his fellowship. We are renouncing it. That God, I don't care about your friendship. I don't care about your fellowship. I want to do my own thing. I want to live my own life. And so Jonah, the Bible says he rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And so he went down to Joppa. And there you find that she found rather that ship going to Tarsus and he paid the fare and was willing to move away from the presence of the Lord. The second thought is that the wrong direction will create for us incalculable difficulties. Disobedience will always lead you in the wrong direction. Can you imagine as Jonah set sail on that ship and as it began to move? It's interesting that the Bible says he went down into it. He just didn't want to even see the land that they were pushing away from. He just made up his mind that he was going to go contrary. To what the Lord said to him but the Bible tells us that the Lord sent out a storm the Lord sent out a storm Jonah turned his back on God but God did not turn his back on Jonah God extended mercy to him. Mercy that he was not willing to extend to the Ninevites. God extend mercy to him. And so God sent a storm. Hmm. There are two types of storms we know that come into our lives and we regardless of what the type it may be. Storms are never comfortable. They're always uncomfortable. But the Bible does speak of two types of storms. There is, first of all, the storm of correction. And then there is the storm of perfection. Jonah was in a storm of correction. And God sends storms in our lives oftentimes to cause us to change course. Yes, 
Sometimes the things that we set our hearts on and decide, no matter what, we are going to do it, no matter what the cost may be, God sends storms. God allows situations to come up to make the path difficult in order that we might realize our error and repent and turn back to him. Yes, God allows those storms to come in our lives as the case of Jonah. God allowed this storm to come on the sea in order to correct Jonah who was way down in the ship hiding hiding he had nothing to do with what was going on he was comfortable in his sin I want to I want to say this that if you as a believer find yourself at times because of your sin because you have gone contrary to the will and the way of God you find yourself crying at night sometimes even you know when you pillow you're sad when you remember where you have fallen from and what life would have been if you had just obeyed as long as you're in that situation there is hope for you there is hope but when you find yourself in that place where you are comfortable with your sin and no matter what nothing shakes you this is it this is my life i'm living it you are in big trouble jonah was in big trouble all the way down in the ship fast asleep have no care for anything while at the same time he was running away from god god sends storms in our lives again for two reasons he sends storms to correct us when we are heading in the wrong direction he allows storms to come to cause us to think on him to cause us to remember that God is in control he wants to correct us and to bring us back on track bring us back to that place where we once were where we enjoy the sweet fellowship with him so there are two types of storms Jonah was going through a storm of correction but I need to hasten all just to say that there is a storm of perfection that God allows to come in our lives as Christians to challenge us to grow us yes sometimes uh, we reach that place in our lives where our faith seems to be dormant and sometimes some of us tell ourselves that we have arrived because we have mastered this and we have mastered that so we have arrived god allows storms of perfection to come in our lives to grow us not the case that we have gone contrary to his will or to his way 
Sometimes you're on the right track doing the right thing. But he allows storms to come. Because he does not want us to be at ease. He wants us to be always alert. Fighting the good fight of faith. We're reminded of the apostles. While our Lord was here on earth. He sent them across the lake. But the Bible says, while they were in the middle of the sea, or the lake, the Sea of Nazareth, the Lake of Galilee, the same place, while they were in the midst, there arose a storm, a great storm. Now these men were simply obeying what the Lord told them to do. And nevertheless, they found themselves in a storm. This was not a storm of correction, but this was a storm of perfection. It was designed to push their faith, to test their faith, to grow their faith. God allows storms to come in our lives from time to time to challenge us. Yes, to cause us to take another look at things. God allows storms to come in our lives, to cause us to take our attention from all the things that we are looking at and to look unto Him. Yes, He caused us to find ourselves in those types of situations so that we would remember that He is God and God alone. And that we would be reminded that we are not our own. We are bought with a price. That we belong to Jesus. And God does not want us to become complacent. And to bring any attention to ourselves. God wants us to always be conduits of his blessing, of his glory. Amen. That we are here and we shine in his brightness. But we are to reflect his glory, not our own. Amen. We are not to take the praise to ourselves. It is always God. And God alone who is to be praised. But sometimes he allows storms to come in our lives. Even when we are on the right path. To cause us to take our attention from ourselves. Because sometimes, brother, sister, after God has blessed us and... We have made certain strides and certain achievements in life. It is possible for us to bring attention to ourselves and to begin to tell ourselves that we did what we did because of us. And so God caused us, amen, to experience those storms so that we would remind ourselves that it is not us, it is the Lord. And so that all the glory all the honor and all the praise will go to him. So I say to you today, if you're going through your storm, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Look unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus is able to lift you up. Jesus is able to deliver you. Jesus is able to set you free. Jonah's disobedience caused him to find himself in trouble because he was not willing to forgive. 
And as such, God allowed him to go through the storm in order that he might redeem, he might bring back his wayward prophet to the place where he wanted him to be. I say to you today, whatever your situation may be, God is bigger than whatever it is that you're experiencing. God is bigger than it. Surrender it. Turn it over to him and let him handle it for you. And in the end, you're going to be amazed. You're going to sit back and wonder in awe of the grace and the power and the goodness of God in your life. God allows whatever storm it is to come in your life to perfect you, to grow you. You are walking in obedience to him and you're experiencing storms. God allows them to come in order that you might grow. Don't, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. And if you are one of those persons like Jonah who have refused to obey the command of God and you find yourself in a storm, then you need to repent and come back to God where you can once again experience joy. We can once again experience peace. Amen. We can once again be able to rejoice in the Lord and in the power of his might. God is able to restore what the enemy has taken. Amen. God is able to restore your peace. God is able to restore your joy. God is able to restore your enthusiasm for him. God is able to restore life to you. But you have to surrender to him. You have to come to him and ask him to and I guarantee you that if you do, he will. So I encourage you today, just let him have his way. Let him have his way with you. Don't run from him anymore. Turn around and turn back to God. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back to the place where you once were. May God help us. As we surrender our lives to Him. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful today to you, O God, for your great love and mercy you have demonstrated toward us, Lord. Thank you for restoration. For even now, you know, you're restoring somebody, Lord. You're bringing somebody back to that place where they once were. Lord, have your way. Have your way, O oh God. Have your way today. Glorify yourself. Revive somebody's soul. Revive somebody's spirit today, Lord. O oh God, hear all prayers. Grand breakthrough. Grand breakthrough, we pray. To someone. Trouble, trouble, soul, oh God. It is all prayer. It is all prayer in Jesus' name. It is all prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So 
as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.